happy holidays and welcome back to the Gorporium. For you Christmas celebrators out there, I hope you had a good one. And same to all you non-Christmas celebrators. Or to those of you who don't celebrate anything, I hope you just had a nice Friday. And if you didn't, I hope we can cheer you up. We're not quite over the festivities here, so there's quite the party atmosphere. Yeah, we love to party here. They call me Lily Party Master Hill. <laughs> they call you that? They just call me Bella. I yep. want a cool nickname. <laughs> I'm just really cool. And <laughs> they gave me a nickname. And we're just two gore whores with aging portraits hidden away in the back room. Yours is older and uglier than mine. It was painted by a worse artist. <laughs> and speaking of delusional people, we just watched <laughs> Better Watch Out 2016, which is rife with them. It was my second watch of the film and Bella's first, and I am very excited to get into this one. I have some opinions. Well, I hope you like spoilers and opinions. And precocious, punchable teenagers. Happy holidays. Let's begin. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, indulging in herbal remedies, watching celebs oh. go dating again because oh my god, I like to torture myself. Clearly, <laughs> you're a one-trick pony in the, <laughs> your activities. Leave it's me just... alone. I just like the simple <laughs> things in life. It's just blazing it and watching bad British TV. Yeah. <laughs> what do I always like to say? I just need me creature comforts. <laughs> fucking hell what was that i'm just like what do i like to say never heard you say that before (laughs) it's a character that me and my friend charlie like to do we don't really know what it is we do a lot of characters between the two of us sort of and she's a bit like a chicken lady yeah she's definitely a middle-aged lady and like has doilies on things yeah but we just always go, like, if we just fancy a cup of tea or whatever, we'll just go, oh, I just need me creature comforts. <laughs> I love that. It's good. So that's me. I just need my creature comforts. There's nothing else to it. So Celebs Go Dating has been something else. We're watching the season with Gemma Collins, the JC. Oh, my God, yes. I'm not being funny. <laughs> everything she says is hilarious and also we've been watching some twin peaks we've watched the first two episodes because i'd never seen it before uh we haven't finished it yet obviously and i like the first two episodes are fairly like non-surrealist they're pretty like this is a just a standard crime show yeah it was like okay so this is you know a murder they try to discover who did it cool whatever very nicely shot very cool music but like the bit that i'm intrigued by is that i know by season three david bowie is there but he's also a kettle so i'm just intrigued 
as to how we get from point A to point B, but it's David Lynch, so maybe I shouldn't question it. I haven't really dived into Twin Peaks as much as I should have. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. David Lynch kind of stresses me out. Oh, he's a very strange man. (laughs) Twin Peaks, I will say, is a lot easier to handle than a lot of other David Lynch projects. That makes sense. I will never... Well, you know what? I've seen Eraserhead twice. That's enough for my lifetime. I I will wow. never watch that movie again. That's uh, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, oh the Eraserhead baby and and the 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 lady who lives behind the radiator, radiator. Yeah, scarred me as a teenager. I don't think I can handle it again. I'm not somebody who <laughs> likes to watch black and white like ah. art house you know in the in the that, that episode in like season three of the mighty Boosh, yeah, I was about to bring where that there's up. like <laughs> the doctor and the pencil yes exactly there's so many movies out there that are like that that like die hard horror fans really dive into it's not for me i haven't tried it so maybe it would really be for me i do really like experimental stuff Especially as an I'm... animator, I'm like, I'm subjected, I would say, <laughs> to many edgy. very strange experimental movies. And I do like them a lot, so. The edgiest I get is that I quite like some splatterpunk movies. Yeah. So, like, small studio high gore shenanigans. Mm-hmm. But uh, experimental black and white art house by, like, slightly shady European directors. <laughs> it's not <laughs> I'm for not you. Really, I'm not sure if it's for me because I just kind of sit there and I'm like, I'm like I can't scared. Even, I can't even enjoy like a cup of tea while like, watching this. Scared in a different way. Like, like not scared for like, I don't know, scared yeah, of ghosts like, or whatever. I'm just scared. scared that this man made this movie. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like who hey, bro, are you good? I'm scared that this person is out in the world. Lars von Trier, you go seek therapy, please. Literally. I mean, unfortunately, I do always watch all of his movies, so this, he's got some kind of hold on me, but I am also Look, I like... Think I'm not going to say anything, because I haven't ever seen any of his movies, I don't think, and so maybe they'd work for me. Oh, okay. Well, let watch some and let me know I'll what let you, you think. Know. We'll I'll update everyone. He also did a movie that really scared me, which is about like the world ending because a planet comes to crash into Earth, and oh. that was my greatest fear as a child. I know this um, about you. Yeah, that like fucked up maybe five years of my childhood. That's that just, me. That was I, me watching Inception. <laughs> at- when I uh, just oh, after yeah. I'd gotten diagnosed with OCD and like for about three years your life. <laughs> for about three years I was <laughs> never sure whether I was awake or asleep and it made me go fucking insane I've never watched Inse- Inception since which is a shame because I know it's a good movie but it tro- yeah. like it deeply deeply ruined about three years of my life I, I read this horrible science book that was just like a meteor could crash into the earth any day and no one would know it was coming which is not and true like, now they no. would definitely know it was coming but i used to wake up every day and look at the sky for about an hour in fear just being like and if i heard like a rumble of a plane no. i would just be like there's a meteor coming to just kill me so i just woke up every day thinking i was going to die oh my god that's awful look man we were very anxious children we really were incredibly anxious children there was no no space stuff no planet stuff no i still can't can't deal with space stuff no anytime somebody tells me like 
the sun will eventually, you know, consume the earth or whatever. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I just it. choose to ignore that. I don't care, I'm Brian like, Cox. Leave me yeah, alone. Off, Brian Cox. You know what scientists should learn to do? Keep shit to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like, cool, you've made a Keep discovery. Keep it to yourself, motherfucker. I don't want to know about it. it. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anyway, man. I'm going to move on to Please. what I've been up to. Yeah. <laughs> which is, I've been watching an insane amount of Shameless. Me too. Why did we so both decide to watch Shameless? We didn't talk no about idea. it. We both just did it. Yeah, you, you mentioned this to me the other day that you were watching Shameless. I was like, oh my God, me too. Because I finally, I finally got up to where I left off a, a year or two ago. I'm nearly caught up on the newest season. So I've just started season 10, which is the last season that's currently out. And then they're doing one more season, which is season 11. Yeah. Also, I just want to say this. Did anyone else see the trending topic that was consensual cannibalism? Oh my God. Yes. Because I, that, what we was got that, that in Australia? So that was just about Hannibal fans. Oh. Uh, you okay. know, the TV show Hannibal. I know. But then there was one person, like on like Hannibal Stan Twitter, who was being legitimate, mind yeah. you, okay. saying, like, if you want to engage in consensual cannibalism, here's some things you need to know, like about eating human flesh, because human flesh Whoa. can make you very sick and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. I mean, I'm kind of still hoping they were doing a bit, but they really like tripled down on it because I was yeah. like, not actually following their account, but I was checking their account yeah, a just lot, like being like morbid curiosity again. Yeah, yeah, the and curse. they were really tripling down on it, being like, "Well, I was just trying to educate people who may be engaging in this, so they don't like poison they themselves and they stuff." Sh- they should like be. Holy fuck, dude! You can't be eating people. No, sorry, that's even not if it's allowed. consensual. I just you don't think you, you can be. Lo- I don't think you should be <laughs> doing that. You should not stand the character Hannibal Lecter so hard that you that start, start to eating eat people. people. Like I don't might care be a if he's your take. fucking comfort character. <laughs> I don't give. I don't, I don't care. Comfort yeah. character. It might be a hot need, take, but need please to have, come do with not regulations. Eat people. Yeah, you can really like. I know people who have comfort characters who are like you know Bubba from a. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's fine as long as you're just having a little bit of fun doing some memes. Yeah, whatever. If you started like putting pe- other people's skin on your face because yeah, you like Bubba so much, that's, that's where no longer I start to have an issue, I would say. And you can't say to me, I'm mentally ill and this is my comfort character, so I want to put skin, skin on, my, on face. my face. No. That's not allowed. Sorry. So that was the whole Hannibal, okay. uh, yeah, consensual cannibalism. Okay, because I can, I can actually find what the original, like, po- like the original part of the trending oh, I'll, thing I'll was. I'll send you the original because I could just uh, see Twitter lots of people account. being like, "Why is this trending?" And that's all I could see. I can. Though see the, I am the sure they must have deactivated by today. I, yeah, surely they did the not survive like, twenty four hours of that. <laughs> yeah, Absurd. there's no way. Um, also, I wanted to mention, we're racking up a little bit of time in this chit chat, okay. but I've got some, I've got some funny shit to say today, so, um... Go. Hit me. Okay, so I was talking the other day, my friend messaged me and was like, do you listen to my brother, my brother and me? <laughs> and my favorite thing is when people ask me that, is I can just be like, yeah, I went to school with Griffin McElroy. <laughs> 
is so good. Like, we both went to the same primary school. I mean, admittedly, I was in my first year whilst he was in his last year. But yeah. technically, we were there roughly around the same time. Yeah. But then we, like, you know, spiraled out because she was watching um that TV show where they go to, like, yes. Safety Town. Oh, my God. Fucking Safety Town. And I just, like, spiraled out into talking about Safety Town and Camden Park. So I want to talk a little bit about Safety Town and Camden Park, just because I didn't realize every town didn't have a Safety Town as a kid. I thought everywhere had Safety Town. Yeah, Safety Town. I thought it was just, like, a legal requirement of children. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you had to get your very, very provisional license. (laughs) safety town when you're about um i guess like maybe like seven or eight in huntington west virginia where we we were born and grew up there's this teeny weeny little town full of teeny little full working cars (laughs) and they take you there and you learn how to kind of drive and respect pedestrians and like lights and there's like teeny little shops there's even like a teeny church because it was super religious areas of course they had a church and like so half of you would be in the cars and half of you would be pedestrians and all the kids who were in cars would try and mow down the pedestrians (laughs) and the guy would be like you won't get your your safety town license if you mow down the pedestrians and they put me in this milk truck like a white van milk truck and i was too short to see through the front window (laughs) and i just like kept crashing into shit so eventually they had to swap me into this little like red sports car and i still did horribly i i'm not even sure i got my safety town license like i think they (laughs) got in trouble for just crashing into shit constantly i never got to go to safety town because i was too young um, yeah, when we, we left moved. before you got the opportunity. And then I was talking about Camden Park. And I I said that Camden Park is the only like theme park left in the world that still has a wooden roller coaster. Yeah. 100% wooden roller coaster. It's one of, it was one of the first ever roller coasters in the world. Indeed. And it's, it's over 100 years old. And she kind of was like, oh, that sounds awful. And I was like, it's really awful. And I showed her pictures of it. And made me want to throw up. Yeah, it just feels at it. Wrong. Like it looks terrifying. It's the most rickety looking piece of shit. I've like I know it's existed for life. like fucking a hundred years, but and it has never Lord. had an issue. But Jesus Christ, I would not ride on it. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, it looked. There was a picture taken by somebody who's actually on the coaster at the time, so like a first person perspective oh, no. going down the Big Dipper. Because there's a, there's a little dipper and a big dipper that are both 100% wood. Anyway, there was a picture of it and I was like, oh no. No. No, 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 no. It looks like it's just going to cave in. Oh Like no. it looks like if you jumped up and down on it enough, it would crumble. It looks That's like it's made awful. out of matches. It was awful. But then I we were also looking up reviews being like, surely somebody has died here. It does not and look has safe. has anyone some- died there? fortunately no well see it seems trustworthy and also I saw, it's been there for I a long some, time and i got some pictures of the uh 
old haunted house there. Oh, it's so sick. It's such a good old it's dark so ride. It's so cool. It's so cool. It looks great. So I also cool. found this ride that was my favorite when I was a kid, which is just this tiny pool. Like, it is tiny. It's smaller than my living room, this little circle of water mm-hmm. with just little boats in it. Like, it's like a boat carousel. Aww. So, do you remember sitting in that with me? Oh, it was so like these, cute. It was like I think we have a photo of little- that. Yeah, we do, I think. Five little boats, and they just spin in a circle in the really chlorine-smelling water, but the water kind of smelled right, nice this in is like a, a bad way. Fact. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is a science fact for you. The smell of chlorine that you get from a swimming pool is actually pee interacting with the chlorine. It wouldn't smell like that unless there was pee there. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Uh, that that, ma- that makes sense, actually, because my in-laws have a pool, and it's got chlorine and salt in and it, it, and it never fine. smells like that. Yeah, it smells like normal water so yeah that tracks that tracks um, i do really like the smell of it and i feel weird about that now <laughs> well that's okay because i do too it's fine i wouldn't worry too much <sighs> right well uh, um, any movie recommendations this week i mean i was gonna recommend the same one that i think you are so you just go ahead and do it gremlins 2 yeah the new, the new batch from 1990 same director same writer uh i actually like it a lot better than the first one just because it is it's mental so mental it is fever dream central it is chaos oh my god there's like three fourth war breaks and one of the fourth war breaks includes hulk hogan and yeah in the cinema yeah, and they're like watching Gremlins 2 in the cinema whilst complaining about sequels. And there's like a bit where the screen melts. And then there's a the lady gremlin who is, is sexy, really sexy. For some and then reason. they have like a mu- musical number. And there's a they spider do. gremlin and a bat gremlin. And there's a gremlin who learns how to speak Speaking English. He's, he's got called like Mr. A, Brain. Os- and he's got an Aussie accent. He does, yeah. Or yeah. some kind of strange. Or New Zealand or Aussie. Something, and, yeah. Um, it is a trip of a movie. It is psychotic. I would recommend it though. It's hilarious. I adore it. It is hilarious. It's so funny. It is so weird, so colorful, so chaotic. I think that it's it slaps. I mean, Absolutely I'm surprised bangs. it was made in the 90s because it's so 80s to me, but I guess it was just on the cusp. Yeah. But in that regard, it's like one of my favorite 90s horror movies movies which the 90s is my least favorite era for horror so Mm. this is ranks definitely my top five of the decade right um okay let's do tagline and poster okay you might be home but you're not alone okay so interesting obviously plays on home alone which is i like that because it it does do home alone you know the last word of each sentence is yeah. Creates Home Alone. I think that's pretty good. I I don't mind it. It works. It's spooky. As far as a, a recent modern day tagline, it doesn't fill me with cringe and annoyance. No, I it's like, like it. fine. You it's might pretty be good. home, but you're not alone. I think that's pretty good. Right. Second one. Christmas gets ugly. Um sure i mean i guess sure i don't i don't mind that one it's pretty good as far as like a short snappy one goes but it's like it's fine yeah i think both the taglines are pretty tight yeah i'd say so all right posters so we'll do the poster on the left first which is involves the babysitter holding a knife 
comforting the kid that she's babysitting with the Christmas tree kind of pressed up against them with all the lights and stuff. Yeah, like just over them. Um, it's fine. It's pretty dull, I would say. I like quite like the composition of it. The color scheme is really nice to look yeah. at. It's quite satisfying to look at, but it's not really... It's nothing groundbreaking, but I do quite like it. It's nothing like to write it. home about. The font is cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, the font is very cool throughout this whole movie. They kind of, both of them look overtly photoshopped in the face, which is slightly which is unnerving. Weird. Yeah, they look very airbrushed. Like made them, yeah, they're very airbrushed, they're a bit smooth. Um, the knife also doesn't look real. Yeah, I think that's what I mean in general, just that it looks overtly like fake like instead of them taking a really good photo they've kind of taken an okay photo and then like gone to town yeah. on it <laughs> yeah it's interesting okay. so the other poster is a bloody jumper like it's a christmas jumper with yeah. knives axes and guns on it and it's got some blood splatters on it it kind of reminds me of um happy death day's cake poster yes yeah where it's just focused on one sort of a motif of the movie which is ugly christmas yeah, jumpers an, an item yeah. yeah i like it i like I really this one. like this poster I, th- I think it's very effective it's the same way i felt about the happy death day one which is um as lee just said like a cake with the words happy death day in it it's very simple i don't know i think it works i think the stitching for the title like the title is actually like yeah, looks yeah, like the, it's the, woven it's embroidered in yeah I think it works really well. I think they should, I think they would have done well making this their main poster. Yeah. Because I I would say the the most distributed poster is the one with the knife. The second most distributed poster is the one that I don't even want to talk about. It's so heinous. Yeah. So heinous. You guys can look it up for yourself. I'm not even going to entertain it. It is the worst Photoshop job I've seen in a while. Very bad poster. this one is gorgeous. Really stunning work. Yeah, it's cool. I think it works. And also that it works better with this tagline, which is Christmas gets ugly as well, because obviously it's It's like the ugly Christmas Christmas jumper. jumper. It all kind of works out. I think it's good. I think it's simple. I think it's pretty tasteful. It's cool. All right. We should get to the meat of it. Yeah. What was that? Oh my god. Get away from the window. There's someone there. Mario will protect you. Better Watch Out is a Christmas-themed home invasion-style horror movie that was released in 2016-2017, depending on where you live. It was directed by Chris Peckover, and the story was co-written by Peckover and Zach Kahn. It was made for $3 million, which is a fairly inexpensive horror movie by today's standards, and received mostly positive reviews from critics, but mixed reviews from the general public. So, uh, a little bit of a character breakdown before we begin. I'll list the main characters and the actors who play them and some sort of basic descriptions regarding them. Levi Miller plays Luke, who is a typical self-obsessed, annoying 12-year-old who is also our main character. Olivia Dijon as Ashley, who is the badass babysitter who Luke views as a love interest. She does not see it the same way. (laughs) Ed Oxenbold as Garrett, who is Luke's best friend and sort of the cliche annoying teenager comedic relief type character. 
Alex Mikic, who is Ricky, who's Ashley's current boyfriend, and Dakre Montgomery as Jeremy, who is Ashley's ex-boyfriend. And then we've got Virginia Madsen as Deandra Lerner, who is Luke's sarcastic, glamorous mother. And finally, we've got Patrick Warburton as Robert Lerner, who is Luke's sort of weird dad who loves fun ties. Also, Dacry Montgomery is the most like 1920s like playboy name you I could know. have. Honestly, the names of this cast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> The movie begins in the car with Ashley, a recklessly driving 17-year-old who is moving to Pittsburgh in a few days. As she drives through the ice and snow, she talks to her mother on the phone about how she's going to have to break up with her boyfriend, Ricky, because of her moving away. And also that she is going to babysit the learner's 12-year-old son, Luke, that evening. As she drives, we notice somebody in another car tailing her suspiciously, which she doesn't pick up on. We then meet Luke and his best friend Garrett, who are debating what turns girls on, whether they know what women like, and most importantly, whether Luke can seal the deal, so to speak, with his babysitter Ashley. Ashley is five years older, so Garrett says no way, but Luke says he has some tricks up his sleeve that make him certain he is going to get to at least second base. We also meet the adult learners, Robert and Deandra. Deandra is a bit of a ball buster, and Robert is obsessed with everything kitsch. Deandre even asks him, are you sure you've never sucked another man's cock? And he replies with, I just like a lot of gay things. <laughs> Very strange dialogue choice. They're hilarious. I love the parents. I, I can't tell if they have a good marriage or not, but in their brief scene, like they are very entertaining. Ashley then rocks up, they discuss her moving away, which disappoints everyone as she's such a good babysitter, and Mrs. Lerner informs her that Luke has been sleepwalking recently. She tells Ashley to put a pencil on top of his bedroom doorknob to see if he's been wandering around at night, whether it's still on the door or on the floor in the morning. So, like, you can tell whether he's been out yeah, and about. Yeah, been out and about, wandering about the place. Yeah. Whilst this is important later, it doesn't make much sense presently as I don't really get how it helps a sleepwalking situation. Like, surely it would just be easier to, like, lock the door or... Yeah. Something. It I don't really seem get, like, like it would why the pencil... Anything. It doesn't prevent anything. You just know whether it happens or you not. You just know that he's been sleepwalking, but you already know that he's been sleepwalking recently, so I don't know why yeah, you'd so need to confirm that because you I already know. I don't really know. get that, but it's important for later, so I will we'll allow them it. this uh, exposition... <laughs> Sure. Okay. So the learners leave the parents um, and Ashley gets settled in and calls her boyfriend Ricky, much to Luke's irritation. She and Ricky fight over the phone and as they're arguing, a huge spider runs across her hand, revealing her extreme arachnophobia. She begs Luke to kill it, but instead he gently captures it and releases outside, presumably showing the audience that he'd never even hurt a spider. He's like, there you go, buddy. And he like speaks yeah. to it. I'm like, okay. All right, get over yourself. It's a horrible looking spider. It looks a bit like a huntsman. It's, I think it is a huntsman. This yeah. is in my trivia not, later. Not native. It's not native to America, but this movie was filmed in Australia. So yes, yeah. So they're the really huge ones I've talked big, about previously big that are like palm. What, bigger than your bigger than your hand. They're really nasty, but. Yeah, so we assume that he'd never even hurt Spider. Beyond being her spider saviour, Luke continues to try and impress by drinking champagne out the bottle and a bunch of other really cringy 12-year-old moves. Ashley like shuts him down, tells him off, calls him kiddo, and is like, when this is I'm not interested, this is not happening. 
He even tries to put her hand on her thigh, which she laughs off, but it's honestly pretty creepy, even if it plays as fairly lighthearted. But then things start to get a little bit weird. Ashley receives a landline call with no one on the other end. A little bit of a Black Christmas moment. Actually, there's someone on the other end in Black Christmas, but you get what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit of the urban legend babysitter thing, all of that. Yes, absolutely. So she notices the back door is open, although presumes uh, Luke left it open slash unlocked when he took the spider outside. And then seconds after realising she forgot to order the pizza, a pizza delivery guy arrives. He's got the right house, so Luke says his parents must have ordered it, except it's got mushrooms on it, which Luke hates, so it's unlikely his parents would have ordered it. Luke shrugs it off and continues to drink and then tries to kiss Ashley. It does not go down well. Ashley cusses him out and is like, you're literally, this is so inappropriate. You're a child. But then that is interrupted by another phone call. I also, is this the, when does the plastic Santa come in? At this point, she gets spooked by the plastic Santa and she puts him outside. Which mood, because I'm also terrified of those like, yeah, plastic like were, life-size Santas. You were One of my worst fears of them ever. As a kid. Oh my god, yeah. I hate them so much. But so, also, yeah. she, I just wanted she gets to say, jump scared. I was watching that, this she... with Charlie, mm-hmm. a friend of mine, and we were, <laughs> we were like, oh my god, wait, is this going to be like that classic urban legend babysit where it's like, you know, she, it's always those stories where like a babysitter's in the house and she finds like a creepy clown statue and she covers it up with a blanket to and then she calls the parents and she's like oh yeah by the way i covered up that creepy clown statue in your hallway it was creeping me out and they just go we never had a clown statue and i was i was like fully anticipating the santa being like one of those and it was going to make me lose my mind we never had That's a santa a statue hilarious concept but no it's just a plastic santa that's in that lounge which is weird because they're usually outside um, decorations but it's like on the bottom of the stairs yes and when she brings the pizza back in she sort of bumps into it she gets spooked yeah yeah luke is being creepy he's not being tactful i'm glad they don't really lay into her being like possibly into it that's good she is very much like she's like no no yeah no 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 which is good The phone call is once again silent on the other end, but after a moment says, I can see you, which is very Scream-esque. Both Ashley and Luke, uh, especially the latter, thinks that it's her ex Jeremy who's a little bit too obsessed with her. But she starts to have her doubts when the giant Santa from earlier uh, that she placed outside pops up in the window, making it feel more like a prankster is up to no good. She goes towards the back door to spray whoever is outside down with the hose before seeing the back door is once again open. She runs, locks it, and immediately starts hearing banging, knocking coming from the front door. They both look through the peephole and can't see anybody on the other side. And then someone on the other side knocks again. This time, Luke opens the door only to be tackled by a mysterious figure who is quickly revealed to be Garrett. Except all is not well in the house as they hear a loud thump and crash from upstairs. So Garrett's been doing a dumb prank, but it is clear that there is more to it than that. Ashley then tells the boys to call the cops, grabs a knife, and they move upstairs to investigate. A brick has been thrown through the window with you leave, you die written on it. Additionally, their phones suddenly no longer have signal and the Wi-Fi network has completely disappeared, 
which their Wi-Fi network is called Finn and Jake, and they have like a lot That's of weird like, adventure, adventure time, time references. Like they talk about who they most want to bone in Adventure Time, but they only get to Princess Bubblegum. They only get to Princess Bubblegum, and Garrick is like, "Ew! Doesn't that mean she'd be all sticky and moist?" And then Luke yeah. is like, that's the best part. And I'm like, this is so disgusting. <laughs> it's awful. So then they leave uh, Garrett to work his techno magic upstairs and go back downstairs only to see that Ashley's tires have been slashed and she's unable to drive away. Garrett, unable to get the signal back, runs downstairs and starts freaking out. <laughs> Kill alert! Garrett runs out out through the open back door, not wanting to stick around and get killed inside, and is almost immediately shot down by like a gun or a crossbow. I'm not quite sure. It was quite silent, so I think it was an arrow, just as the brick promised. So yeah, you leave, you die. Yeah. He lies motionless in the snow, most likely dead, and Ashley shuts the door and locks it, not wanting to gamble going out there after him to see if he is still alive. So now things are starting to get a little bit dramatic. A figure appears in the window. um, And when they sneak upstairs to get Luke's dad's gun, they see a large male figure with a shotgun prowling around the hallway. They manage to sneak into the attic, which doesn't last long as spiders spook Ashley and she falls through the trap door, screaming, nearly breaking her neck, only to be saved last second by Luke, who for some reason grabs her hand and is just like, you're gonna be fine instead of immediately pulling her up like they have to have this dramatic no, moment right no offense to ashley right mm. but i'm scared of spiders but if i thought that there was a home invader with a shotgun in the I house i would take the spiders yeah you could cover me in 50 spiders and i would just lay there and take it yeah rather than being like i'm so freaked out by one spider being on me that i'm going to like scream Die. the house down yeah. and like fall through a trap door like i mean what are you doing come just, on just ashley suck it up man i'm i am really scared of spiders but i'm more scared of shotguns yeah oh for sure <laughs> i i have to say of the two, <laughs> I'll take two. a spider. I'll t- I'll take my chances with the spider. Oh, like. for sure. They're all right. Also, one of the ones that lands on her is just a tarantula. And I'm like, you know, a little rancher. Yeah, they're, they're, there's nothing the wrong ones with a little they use rancher. in this movie are no... There's no poisonous spiders used no. in this movie. They're just large. He's just a rancher. So- He's big and fluffy. It's fine. <laughs> rancher. I'm trying to... Look, I'm doing the work of the McElroys because we're both from West Virginia and they yes. want the word rancho to be more widespread in usage for tarantulas. Right. So I'm trying to do I'm, that for them. All right, I'll, I'll accept that. Rancho. I'll take it on too. Cool. From now on, I will refer to the spiders in this movie as ranchos. Ranchos, which is good. Sounds like they're like ranch hands, like, you know, like cowboys. <laughs> I think that's fun. They're, they're um, very helpful. Yeah, they're really helpful, helpful and kind. I mean, they kind of are. They pre- I mean, yeah, just for... They'll kill the spiders the nefarious and the wasps yes and yeah they're they're not bad i don't mind them um so she almost falls out of the fucking trap door screaming nearly breaking her neck only to be saved last second by luke who then in a moment of bravery goes to grab his dad's gun he does so successfully and they find a new hiding place in the wardrobe as they hide in there and watch the masked figure, Ashley notices a couple of weird things. The mask he's wearing belonging to Luke in particular. So she's like 
why does he have that mask? She busts out of the cupboard and unmasks Garrett, revealing the whole thing to be a prank orchestrated by the two boys that would allow Luke to save her and have her fall in love with him. Because at the beginning of the movie, they're talking about, oh, if you really scare a girl, then she'll like run into your arms or whatever. Yeah, that the the adrenaline will and- make her. And weirdly enough, it does a little bit like she starts to be like not not romantic but like she starts to be very protective of him um more in an yeah, older sister kind of some, sense some moments where they come down from the attic and she's like it's gonna be okay and they have a bit of a hug and yeah stuff. but like obviously from someone who is an adult and like she's 17 i would see that much more as like oh i'm looking after this 12 year old boy because i see him like my younger brother but obviously luke isn't seeing yeah, it he's, like that he's massively misinterpreted yeah it. yeah as a lot of i think preteens do though yeah yeah i get that idiotic preteen bullshit they did this horrible horrible prank to her that probably traumatized her and um just to get her to fall in love with him and obviously it doesn't work ashley is understandably incensed and cusses luke out um and she does not fucking hold back she then says she's going to call his parents and makes her way to the stairs luke catches up to her you know presumably to apologize and beg her not to call his parents but as she turns to face him to cuss him out again back to the stairs he hits her hard in the face a very hard slap causing her to fall the entire way down the stairs, hitting the floor at the bottom hard. At this point, I thought he'd broken her neck. And I was like, damn, that I was thought a hard she was slap. Dead. I thought she was dead. And I was like, yeah. it's what a fucking twist, though. That I mean, I'll twist, get into that. We will I discuss the dreaming. Whole. I mean, I, I really thought the was twist screaming. that it was just Garrett. Be- so initially, I thought the twist was going to be, oh yeah, Garrett's pretending to be a killer. They're being dumb boys, and then real killers were going to show up at the house. Yeah, but no, but no, we've got a whole other kind of thing going on. Yeah. So Garrett, Luke's best friend, seems horrified. Though he quickly recovers from that with Luke's mom's oxycotton that he stole. Whereas Luke seems like calm and bemused despite having just pushed her down the stairs. He's smirking. And she's assumingly dead. He seems fine. So it's no longer a home invasion movie. It's a home escape movie. Whilst Ashley is tied up, Luke begins his sexually motivated torture of his babysitter by playing truth or dare. It's mostly sexual questions about how many guys she's had sex with before Garrett ups the ante by daring Luke to feel up her breasts, which is a very uncomfortable I scene. I will say about this scene, though, that me and Charlie were losing our minds. We were laughing so hard at this because in the bit where he's like... <laughs> He's I can supposed, see what we all don't, the fuss is about. Yeah, he's it's, supposedly touching her, bra- her her boob, but the way they framed it, it looks like he's touching her shoulder and then just going, I can see what all the fuss is about now. <laughs> and I'm like, you're touching her shoulder, you 12-year-old freak. Like, yeah. it was making me laugh so much. Like, I was like, the next time I have sex with someone, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to, like, take off their <laughs> sock and be like, damn, I see what all the fuss is about now. <laughs> Um, like something just completely weird, like my hand, yeah, like yeah. on the like back of their ear, Feel up their pinky finger. Yeah, damn. I kind of see what all the fuss is about now. It's it's stupid. It's, it's so cringe, stupid, and it's also really uncomfortable. and also creepy. Very it's, uncomfortable. It's all of all of the above. It is full sexual assault, which is oh yeah. You don't see that coming from somebody much younger often, but you know it does happen though. It does happen, and. I'd say this was unexpected, but Luke has been pretty creepy from the start. 
Anyway, the game of truth or dare is interrupted when the doorbell rings. It's Ricky saying Ashley had texted him to come over earlier. Whilst the boys are distracted by Ricky, Ashley manages to grab a piece of glass that can be used to cut herself free, and Ricky begins to search the house for her. Of course he neglects the one room that she's actually in, the extremely obvious kitchen that leads into the pretty open-plan living room and entrance area. But nonetheless, Luke then sneaks up on Ricky, hitting him with a baseball bat, but being a weedy little tween, he doesn't do a very good job because Ricky then gets back up and grabs the bat from Luke. Luke gets in another blow by stabbing Ricky in the cheek with the pencil from his bedroom door, and then Garrett joins him by aiming the gun at Ricky, allowing Luke to then ram the bat into Ricky's head. Once Ricky is tied up next to Ashley, Luke really lays into his little psychopath light shtick that he was the one who texted Ricky because his intention the whole time was for this violence to happen and that he has a whole big plan. He's also called Jeremy to come over because he's going to pull him into it as well. And it's hard to say if he's just saying the stuff to sound edgy or if he is truly a killer with no emotions. They also mention around this time that um, Luke had killed Garrett's hamster two years earlier and that he cried to ashley about it and he felt really awful about killing it and then at this point he also says oh i killed him on purpose but both ricky and ashley don't believe him that he killed it on purpose so it's almost like he wants to seem like more of a badass than he is yeah he wants to seem like this big like scary psychopath killer but he's really you know a 12 year old boy yeah got emotions Whilst he rambles on, Ashley manages to tries to cut her way free, unfortunately just cutting herself in the process, blood making it very obvious of her attempt to free herself. So to give her a chance to clean up the blood, Ricky pisses himself, forcing Luke to have to clean up his urine. Kill alert! Kill number one! For real this time! Whilst waiting for Jeremy to show up, they force Ricky to smoke weed so he'll have drugs in his system, and then move him into the entrance room with the upper floor balcony and staircase. Luke then takes the opportunity to settle an earlier debate with Garrett regarding one of the traps in Home Alone. Will a paint can, swung from a second floor on a rope, simply knock you over or kill you? Garrett begs him not to, saying that he's wrong, it'll kill you, not just knock you over. Despite everyone's begging, Luke swings the paint can from the balcony, missing Ricky's head by mere inches. Ashley then breaks free finally, grabs the gun from the side table, and threatens Luke with the gun to put the paint can down or she'll shoot. He agrees and throws it off the balcony where it then swings right back into Ricky's head, killing him instantly by totally obliterating his head. Uh Blood and paint everywhere. She then Uh also kind of tries to fire the gun, but we find out that it's not had bullets in it this whole time. The whole time. Yep. So she got tricked. Yep. Ashley then attempts to escape, but is thwarted by a swift brick to the head and ends up tied up once more as Jeremy finally rocks up. He's got this like swaggy douchebag type character and he's got a really ugly hat, backwards cap on. <laughs> um, he's kind of like kind of a himbo energy, but like... Yeah, he's not that bad. He's just No, he like, like... seems okay. He's just a bit weird. Like she just clearly dumped him because... 
Yeah, they, they weren't, weren't right vibing. for each other. Yeah. yeah. He's not like an evil person. No, no, no. Uh, for some reason, though, he decides to sneak into the backyard. He never even makes it to the back door before Luke confronts him, saying Ashley does not want to see him until he writes her a handwritten apology letter and hands him a paper and pen. <laughs> that you know what that noise is? It's a kill alert. Once Jeremy's masterpiece, masterwork of a letter is complete and it just says, Ashley, I'm sorry, which is going to make him look very culpable. <laughs> Luke loops a noose over his head from behind. It is strung around a train being fed into a machine that pulls Jeremy up and eventually successfully hangs him. The note remains at his feet, making it look like a suicide letter. It's clear Luke's plan is coming together to make everything look like a murder-suicide by Jeremy and he'll get away with it. It's also not looking like he intends for Ashley to live despite what he's been saying about like if she's good or whatever, that he'll let her go. Yeah, if he's framing this whole thing to look like a murder-suicide with her boyfriend and her ex-boyfriend, it's not looking uh, not looking good, good for, for her. her. I will say, though, interesting. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about this, and obviously suicide-related trigger warning. I don't know that it would be possible to hang yourself from a tree by standing on a swing first. No, it, was, it, it wouldn't be possible. It wouldn't be possible, and surely the police would be able to figure that out, but I guess that that's a point I'll get to later about how holes yeah yeah it it doesn't look feasible that he would get himself up there absolutely not kill alert kill number three back inside garrett is attempting to free ashley unaware that luke has an evil master plan and it just wanted to do some pranks basically like he's he's an idiot asshole little teenager but he yeah. did not want to do he didn't want to kill murders. anyone no he did not know it was going to be like this he just thought, <laughs> he they, thought were gonna they were going to do a nasty prank but i don't think he was anticipating this yeah he just thought they were going to scare ashley like he didn't think he was going to invite the boyfriends over and murder them or anything no Luke catches him trying to free her and immediately shoots him in the chest with the shotgun. Garrett begins to call for help. Luke freaks out further. Garrett says he wants his mom and Luke shoots him in the head from close range. Luke then begins to tear up before shutting his emotions back down. And it sort of begs the question, was Garrett always meant to die too? Or was just just... He was going to kill him if he disobeyed. Like, was he always intending for Garrett to survive? Was Garrett a trustworthy enough accomplice that he would keep Luke's secrets about this night? I'm perplexed about is this narrative that he's built, which is a murder-suicide, right? Why would Garrett have A, been there, and B, why would he have been killed? Yeah, there's a lot of inconsistencies. Because there's an argument, me and Charlie were trying to decide this... Would it be that, like, obviously, maybe Jeremy would want to get rid of witnesses if this is what had happened in the first place? Yeah, maybe. But then, why would he need to get rid of witnesses if he was only going to kill himself? Because it wouldn't matter. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, I'm not... We- yeah, it wouldn't, it so, wouldn't matter because he's, he's he would be owning dead. up to his guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay, we'll get into all this in the good and the bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Luke then, in the final act of his master plan, begins to open up to Ashley about his mommy issues and the fact his mother no longer hugs him anymore and he doesn't know why. Ashley says she knows exactly why his mother won't hug him or hold him anymore and he begs for her answer, but she refuses to give it to him, staying completely silent. You know what that noise is? Again, kill number four. She winds him up by staying silent, refusing to speak to him and not giving him the answer he needs. 
the answer being that he's a horrible, creepy little prick and his mother can sense it, which is probably why she puts the pencil on his door at night to keep him, like, to know whether he's been up to shit. Yeah, I don't even know he, if he's sleepwalking or if she just wants to keep him. Or whether she's just him. scared of him. Yeah, keep him at bay. Yeah, God knows. So, Luke decides he does not like this so he grabs a kitchen knife and off screen he slits ashley's throat unfortunate yes he continues to frame jeremy by using blood and weapons like you know wiping his fingerprints off putting the pencil in ricky's cheek and like doing all this stuff to make it like to tell this narrative that it was a murder suicide his plan seems to have come together perfectly he plugs the wi-fi back in and sees his parents are almost home so he goes to his room but is unable to balance the stupid fucking pencil on his doorknob from the inside that his mum always leaves so he wants it to look like he never even left his room because he was conked out he has nothing to do with the murders he can't put it on, so he puts pants on from outside, then climbs through the window of the room next door, across the roof, and back into his own bedroom. He cuts it close, but ultimately succeeds. His parents enter the house, begin to scream. He pretends to have been asleep, and he's taken his sleeping medication, which I assume causes a deep sleep. So even if they test his blood or whatever, they'll see that he had sleeping pills in his system. And his mother runs into his room and hugs and holds him as the cops arrive. He wakes up and he's like, oh, what happened? She's like, don't worry about it. So he finally gets what he wants, which is love from his mother. Except we hear a cop call out that says, one of them is alive. It's Ashley. She made it by putting duct tape over her throat. I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, she took the- Sorry, that's one of Lily's notes. I did not notice she put duct tape over her throat. Yeah, that's Smart. how she, she lives. Because earlier Luke says duct tape can be used for multiple purposes. Oh. So that's like a little precursor and she takes it from her wrist or her, her ankle, ankle or something yeah. and uh, wraps it around her throat to stop herself from bleeding okay. out. Which would work because cool. duct tape yeah, is pretty it's uh, waterproof. durable. It's, it's impressive. Yeah. I once cut my knee open and put duct tape over it and Smart. before I could get butterfly stitches and that kept it <laughs> pretty Kept it together. Neat. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so she, amazingly enough, Ashley is alive even though she'd had her, her throat slit. And as she's being wheeled into the ambulance, she sees Luke in the window and flips him off with the one like fucking <laughs> bit of strength she has left, which is honestly queen shit. Yeah. And Luke goes to his mom and is like, I'm really worried about Ashley. Can we go visit her at the hospital? Which obviously leaves everyone's fates fairly ambiguous with him clearly intending to kill Ashley once more. But obviously she's alive and is witness to everything that's happened. So yeah. it's left ambiguous as to whether he gets caught, whether she dies, all this. Yeah, so that's quite it interesting. Could, it could go either way. Yeah. And with that, that brings us to the end of the movie. Hey, Bella. Yeah. <laughs> I've just seen a ghost. Oh. Can you describe it? Okay. Oh. Oh, can I? <laughs> Give it to me. Tell me what this ghost looks like. It's a... <sighs> hmm. Who? Oh, gosh. Oh. Oh, by golly. <laughs> um, this is quite a fancy lady. Oh, okay. She, like, she's not that like spooky looking except that her eyes are upside down it's not really noticeable enough to be like that oh. disturbing but when you look her eyes are definitely upside down as is her mouth 
other than that, mm. she's dressed in like sort of twenties flapper gear. <laughs> okay. So she's quite stylish. She's very stylish. She has a long, like a long cigarette holder. She's okay. very cool, very stylish. Except, yeah, her eyes and her mouth are upside down. And she only speaks backwards. Oh. So very, very hard to maintain conversation <laughs> with her. Will not lie. I don't know what her name is because I can't, I don't understand words backwards. When she smiles, does it look like a frown? Yes. Oh. I don't love that. That's slightly <laughs> haunting. Yeah. It's like I mean, not haunting nice enough, enough to be like super bothered by, but I don't really want her coming in my uh, Gorporium bedroom at night. I don't really want any of the ghosts coming in the Gorporium bedroom. No, it's okay. We put a line of salt by the door. Yeah, I'm not into so, that. Well, that'll be fine. Uh, but if I'm out here working and they're just kind of drifting through the video, you know, aisles... That's yeah, cool. That's fine. That's they can fine. Do that. They can do whatever they want in that regard. All right. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the gory. Let's hit it. So, I have quite a lot to say about this movie. I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts. Very Would intrigued. Would you like to start out with some of the good? Yeah, I will, actually. I'm happy to do that. I think that the twists in general were incredibly effective. Yeah, they hit like a freight train. Like you're like, yeah. Pardon me. Yeah. Pardon me. Like I was she's screaming in the first bit where she gets like it's revealed that he actually does want to kill her. Yeah, when he he first knocks her down the stairs. stairs. Even though it was my second time watching, I must have forgotten what it was like the first time. But (laughs) it took it took the wind out of my it it winded me it really winded me i was like holy god what 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 jesus christ i know literally i was like 12 year old is like turned murderous i mean you kind of have to suspend your disbelief for that a little bit but the twist hits and i think it is a very shocking movie in general. It is, yeah. It's I would say so, and I think the twist, like it's super effective because usually I can predict twists like that, and I just could not. I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like constant surprises too. Like, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I think it stays pretty twisty and pretty intense. Like it keeps yeah. the intent after she falls down the stairs. I think it keeps its intensity up pretty effectively. Yeah, yeah, I think so for sure. I like that the murderer, so Luke, I thought personally he was pretty interesting where he clearly had some form of neuroses that I'm not qualified to specify. He needs a a psychiatrist ASAP. (laughs) But, um, you know, how... He he appears to think that he's like you obviously he's done his research in serial killers and the kind of killers that he looks up to uh you know adult men who have killed loads and loads of people and so he thinks he's just like that and it plays also into the same thing where he he sees himself as an adult because he's trying to get Absolutely. with Ashley he thinks and, he's like 35 yeah he doesn't even understand why she would even like push him away he doesn't get that because he sees himself as much bigger and pow- more powerful than he is but really he's very 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 immature and stupid 
yeah, he's an idiot. He's an idiot kid. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us have been idiot kids, but he really takes it to a... Yeah. But he, like, you know, he has all these, like, dialogue bits that are very much, like, he thinks he's this cool badass, like, murderer, yeah, him but he's saying, not. Yeah, oh, oh, I killed Garrett's hamster on purpose, and but Ricky we know being, he like, didn't as Because if. he was sobbing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, as if, you little fucking child... You didn't kill this hamster on purpose. You won't even kill the spiders. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. are childish. You are sensitive. Yeah. And you're pretending you're not. So I thought that was, I thought that was an interesting killer. Uh, and I also will say just generally, I think it was a very interesting, rev- like not reversal, but like use of the babysitter trope. Like, yep. oh, someone's yep. in the house. I think it, they did that. But they took it's, it and it's they the did kid it completely differently. Yeah, I think it was very interesting. Yeah, I'll never babysit again. I'm nope. done. <laughs> nope. Absolutely not. And then also, I think they did a very good job with like showing, not telling. Some parts, there was too much heavy exposition potentially, but a lot yeah. of it was like. So, for example, when they are taking back all of their booby traps that they'd set up because obviously Ashley's fallen down the stairs and their thing didn't exactly go to plan. So Garrett is like walking in and he's like carrying like lights and like a paintball gun and like tripwise and stuff. But they don't ever say, oh, our booby traps failed. They like, they just imply that yes. they had all this crazy shit set up for her, which is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right, that's good sort of attention to detail. And I also do think that the off-screen gore was very effective because it was still disgusting. Yes, it was still horrendous. The paint the paint can scene is... is horrible. Brutal. But some you don't see it. And the same with when Ashley gets her uh, throat slit, it's off, it's like out of shot, just, just using the yes. framing. But um, it's still gory But it's still somehow. really horrible for some reason, which I think is yes. quite interesting. Yeah, it's well done. The kills are well done. I think the paint can scene is particularly very disturbing. And yeah, I would just say generally, I was pretty invested in watching it the whole time. Like there was never a bit. I was like, oh, this is slow. Oh, this is a bit boring. it's, It's certainly not a bore. No, it's a fun watch for sure. Yeah, I think it's really fun. Yeah. Do you have any more good points before I lay into my good points? Um, I imagine a couple of ours will probably be fairly similar, so you go ahead. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, like, that I thought that Luke was fairly well written. Mm. I think his conflicts of self were interesting, as in he presents himself to be, like, a badass, but he's actually pretty weak and childish, and he clearly loves animals, so he clearly feels remorse for some things, but is determined to come across kind of soulless and tough. It reminds me quite a lot of Funny Games US where the one is constantly lying about the other and like his motivations. Like he was abused or he just enjoys killing and you kind of never know what the truth is. Mm. I think that's interesting. Interesting, yeah. Because they're trying to like create this narrative that isn't true because they want to come across as these cool like calculating serial killers when it's not that at all. Yes, performances i think ranged from kind of okay to very good with no one being especially weak no, i think no one was bad 
Levi Miller was the obvious sort of standout and gave yeah. pretty, a pretty excellent performance as Luke. Unfortunately for him, I hate him. I hate him so much in this that no matter <laughs> what else I see him in, I will, I will probably hate him. still His, hate him. This poor kid as well. I don't know whether this was d- done on purpose, but this poor fucking kid. The amount of times his voice cracks in this movie. Oh yeah, hilarious. The voice Bless cracks him. kind of. Um, they kind of work for the whole like yeah. the whole. I think the voice, the voice, but it was making me laugh. Yeah, his voice cracks so many times in this. Poor thing. I I kind of forgot that that happens to boys. I I never, I never hang out with kids. Like no one I know has kids, or you know, I'm I'm not twelve year olds. I'm not an aunt. I don't babysit or anything anymore. Everyone I hang out with is at least twenty five. Yeah, and. uh, so I kind of forgot that boys have voice breaks. Like, I, yeah. I forgot that that happens to them. Oh, uh, I wanted to say another good point that I forgot about because it is in my notes from earlier. There, I thought there was a very cool visual, like, silent jump scare near the beginning, one of the very first bits of the movie that's, like, even vaguely tense, which is where Ashley and Luke are sat on the sofa and just in the background, like, there's no noise, there's no pointing to it. In the background like you can see the shadow of a person in the curtain oh i didn't notice that yeah That's good. yeah i had uh, my friend I pointed it out love, to me i love a silent jump scare yeah I say. like it doesn't really end up being anything obviously because it's no, just garrett it's just part, kind playing of part of the prank but i just thought it was quite an interesting i just like a silent jump scare i think they're cool yeah and uh, similarly i felt like the jump scares in the very first sort of half of the movie before it gets revealed that the the invader is Garrett. I feel yeah. like the, those jump scares were very well handled and were pretty effective. And I felt like it was actually pretty scary. I didn't find it scary once Luke kind of took over. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. But I didn't think it was scary. Was, like, but like sc- that sort of scared. First half an hour where there's someone roaming around the house with a shotgun. I was pretty spooked. I was mm. kind of tense. I was on the edge of my seat. I also have to say, I think Luke's the way Luke's plans come together are pretty satisfying. Like the way he sets up Jeremy and sort of the detail is good. Yeah. Like, uh, even good down continuity to the, as well. Yeah. Even down to the pencils, like the one for his door was used to stab Ricky, but that one has to be cleaned and placed back on his door. But yeah. Ricky stars a hole in his cheek. So he has to find, so another, he needs to find pencil another pencil to stick and, in his cheek and stick in. Yeah. Stick in Ricky's cheek and then put in the pool of blood and then take the clean pencil and try and put it on his door. And I think that it all kind of tie. I think there's some mm. plot holy stuff, but I think it ties together pretty effectively. Yeah. It's funny. The plot hole bit is kind of annoying because some of the continuity is so good. Like, yeah, the, some of it's like really tight and some rug. of I'm like, Hmm. And like the spiders that are his pets that you figure out later and like yes. the i don't know there's like there's lots of little continued bits of like when he throws her phone in the yeah 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 aquarium or that like good continuity and then some of them are just complete big plot holes and i'm not really sure what happened there but we'll get into that yeah. all right my uh my final good point that i want to reiterate before i get into the bad I really liked this movie the first time I watched it. Mm. And I think that this is important to note. That yeah. is all I'm going to say on the matter. But uh, I really liked it the first time. But we're going to talk about the second time that I watched it. Okay, yeah. So the re- most recent time we both watched it. Because I'd only seen it once. Yes. So let's get into the bad. 
I okay. want to start out with my bad point, and then you can please take it from there because this is a fairly long written up point that I have okay. made. No, you go, and I will build on whatever I feel is appropriate. So I get that this movie is satirical. I also don't think that this movie is attempting to promote misogyny and violence towards women as okay. However, I don't think it does enough to condemn it either. Ashley is also a pretty flat character whose sole purpose is to be obsessed over by at least three different male characters. She never gets enough revenge or enough blows in to balance out what's done to her. And she's also not particularly likable to me anyway. Like, she's fine, but, Hmm. you know, there's nothing particularly amazing about her. Which makes me question at times whether the movie wants us to root for her or it wants us to root for Luke. Yeah, and worst which is of concerning. All, yeah, and worst of all, Luke doesn't die or get any form of comeuppance. In fact, it's heavily implied that he goes to the hospital in order to kill Ashley, so you can't tell everyone the truth, so he wins and then he wins. Hmm. Now, you could argue that this sort of nihilistic and unfair approach works for the realism, you know, like The Strangers, but the tone of the movie doesn't really gel with that. It's, you know, it kind of teeters more into like a fun, kitschy romp rather than like a nihilistic take on the world as we know it. So uh, it kind of needs a satisfying, gory end for me where the the, the evil gets comeuppance hmm. uh, where Ashley wins and not one where she kind of loses her flipping him off as she semi bleeds to death in an ambulance is not enough of it's a win enough. for me yeah and because then we're not only truly uh, you know condemning Luke and his actions we're also like kind of applauding him potentially with a bit of a wink in a sarcastic tone being like yeah we're white men am i right yeah you know, for being a rich white boy in a rich white men's world and he wins he wins and yeah, that's again it. <laughs> and i don't know about you but i don't need any more movies where rich white boys slash men commit atrocities against women show no remorse and face no fucking repercussions like to me a movie like this should be escapism it's a fun christmas movie like not a reminder that any man could do whatever he wants to me even a fucking 12 year old groping my tit killing me slashing my throat and stuff and get away with it because he's he's a rich white boy and i don't really know if we need incel the movie that's without punishing uh the incel in question he doesn't really get punished he gets his mother's love at the end which is what he wanted the whole time and everybody's dead and he'll probably go kill ashley and i just don't really feel like that i don't know sends a message that i agree with it doesn't really work as like a rape revenge or uh anything for me because he wins he He just wins and yes that happens in real life these people do win in real life, but I'm. This is a realism wanna, movie. Is I don't the know thing. if I want to see it. I don't yeah. know if that's. It doesn't satisfy me in any way that he wins. No. It just makes me mad to be like, okay, so this fucking 12 year old prepubescent boy with a shitty plan wants to murder his babysitter and her boyfriend and he because does. he's such a fucking repressed freak. And then he does and he wins and he gets away with it. That doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. See, okay, so that's quite interesting. Um, I, okay, so when I watched it last, yeah, like last night, um, 
I actually did really like it. And although I guess maybe I'm too much of a sucker for like nihilism in movies because I, I don't know. I kind of, I don't you know. You liked it? It's, I don't know. Cause it's weird. Cause on like one hand, I always like when a movie does the thing where it's just like, shit's fucked. The bad people always win. It's nasty because that's how the world is. And I do agree with you that I think that works for things like The Strangers or for funny games or yes. for well, something yeah, else that's much more nihilistic. That's... Or like I Saw the Devil or something like that, which is incredibly Absolutely. nihilistic. There's lots of movies that I like that are nihilistic. I don't need everything to be like, you know, puppies and rainbows. It's yeah. just... This but, didn't yeah. match the tone. No, because this, is, was this is technically a black comedy, like a horror comedy. Yeah, I don't and know. And it did it not feel like funny. I got that enough. No, it felt too upsetting, but then the tone didn't fit that. I would have much preferred an ending, maybe like something re- like Ready or Not, which, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched this, I will give you a few seconds to mute us <laughs> yeah um yeah but, fast forward 30 seconds yeah, or whatever um the ending of ready or not in which all of the bad people explode in like a huge just like romp fun explosion exactly. instead of it being a super nihilistic ending which was the original ending which is where the main the final girl just gets killed and it's just sad that wouldn't work yeah. for that movie it would make me dislike that movie a lot more and it's the same that's the way i feel about this is that the ending it, yeah it's far too nihilistic and it doesn't it doesn't end up being nearly as satisfying as i think it could have been yeah the the tonal sort of i don't know inconsistency it just doesn't work together i guess yeah it feels like trying to achieve too much with multiple different movies yeah i think okay well i'll put it this way i think what they could have done is made it almost make a less of a point like they didn't make a good enough point about incels or misogyny or yeah like white boys and like in like all that sort of thing they didn't make a good enough point for it to be satisfying in like a good revenge movie it wasn't that so they should have taken all of it away and it's literally just like they're not making any commentary at all because they make a little bit of commentary about how these boys are insensitive and like gross and stuff just take all of that away just have it be yeah. very very simple i think that yeah they didn't do enough they didn't do well enough at satirizing no like, that's it you yeah know, some, you know i i see this a lot on the internet as i am a very online person mm-hmm. and you know someone will say a really offensive joke and someone yeah. will be like it's satire and i'm like what are they satirizing mm. in order for it to be satire they have to be satirizing something it can't just be like oh i've made a really offensive racist comment or whatever but it's, it's satire, satire. <laughs> no you can't just say it's satire and get away fucking scot-free every time no it's gotta you have, have to a be sort satirizing of- the racists who would actually say that genuinely because if yeah, you're not satirizing them you're just the racist saying it for example yeah so i would prefer them to lean in a little bit more like maybe have like luke browsing like 4chan or something yeah Do you know i what was I mean? gonna say that i was gonna i was talking about that as well like it would have worked quite well for me if maybe there was a scene where garrett and luke are like on playing like call of duty which you know is a timeless classic the 13 year old boys is going on call of fucking duty or like fucking whatever shooting game and calling people numerous slurs yeah happens every generation of young 
teenage yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah. And like going they on could have 4chan yeah. and looking at porn and, you, you know, some sort of like, I mean, maybe that would be a bit heavy handed. But no, I, mean, I they think probably they could have done it in a subtle way. If they wanted to way. lean into it more, but, that's what they should have done. Yeah, well, it's a, if it's satirical, you can be heavy handed. But it it just felt like it was almost uh, allowing or apologizing for men being this way. Yeah, I, but a little bit. Also, I can without, see that. without ever like also being like, oh, this starts young. We should stop this starting so young that boys will be boys and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Like maybe maybe me- mention that the parents are very like allowant of. Yeah, like maybe what like I don't know, what if like the what if Luke calls his mom like a bitch or whatever and she's just like, haha, isn't he it's such so a joker or whatever. Yeah, boys are so awful. I wish I'd had girls or something. Yeah, something like that, that very sort of forgiving attitude. Yeah. I just I just felt like it wasn't well handled. I don't know. I mentioned earlier that you know, in the good that it's interesting that Luke shows remorse and emotions for some kills that he makes. Or like mm-hmm. I mentioned this in the general synopsis area that he is conflicted and I think that's really interesting. But he's not conflicted at all for Ashley. No. My question here is that is that inconsistent writing or is he such a misogynist that he'd rather kill a hamster that he'd rather kill her than a hamster or a spider. Mm. And similarly, the reveal that he's evil because of some mommy issue is a massive eye roll for me because not only is it an overdone trope, aka, you know, starting with Psycho. Yeah. It also reeks of fucking misogyny that a woman is to blame for a man wanting to kill for a, kill yeah, other women. Yeah, that does kind so of it's suck. Like, like, oh, my mommy doesn't hug me anymore, so now I want to kill other women. So women are responsible for the deaths of other women, essentially. Yeah. But I again, like, I think that concept could be satir- satirized well. Yes, but it wasn't. I but guess. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I that's, think that's, that's the, thing, the issue that, that I'm running into. Yeah, that's the thing that I feel is that oh yeah, this could have worked as a perfect satire or they could have just not done satire at all, but instead they yeah, kind of like... They just did this middle, weird middle ground where yeah, it's like, now I just feel it. offended for some reason. <laughs> yeah, where I just feel like irked by this sort of misogyny that doesn't really ever come to a a satisfying end for me. Yeah, they don't get... They don't learn anything. They don't get a comeuppance. It's just this shitty little 13-year-old. no norm... He's no Norman Bates or Patrick Bateman, I'll say that much as far as, you know, uh, no. nuances of writing. Hmm. Interesting. I have two more, like, really short little bad points, but I that's, feel like I've laid fine. into Go this ahead. enough, but let's let's do it. I kind of wish the parents were in it more, because to me, they totally they stole, stole the show. They stole it. Patrick Warburton really stole I it. I love Patrick Warburton so much, and the brief scenes that they were in were so hilarious, and I just wanted to know more about I the parents. Yeah. Legitimately, I to know how they created I, this monster of a child. I wanted a little scene where they were, like, at this dinner that they were going to, where he was calling people, like, cunty and stuff. I wanted to... Oh my god, I wanted to be with see. them. I wanted yeah. to see what they were up to. I don't want to see any of this bullshit with this annoying 12-year-old. No. I want to see Patrick Warburton and his glamorous wife having, like, arguments at dinner with other 
people, like some sort of like potluck. I want to see that. I would watch a movie of that way more keenly than <laughs> I, I would rewatch this. I want to see Patrick Warburton and Virginia Madsen put their keys in a bowl at a Christmas party. Literally, uh, that's exactly it. Like, I want that. I, I'm not interested in rewatching this, <laughs> but I would watch the. F- I'd watch hell that. that. Spin off. Yes, please. Yes. I have one more bad point, and this is like bullshit. This is a bullshit bad point. I will finish this on this to make everybody who is listening to this, who is offended that I didn't like this movie very much, realize that I'm not a proper critic, and this is just personal opinion, and we're not always going to agree, and I don't really give a shit if I agree with you or not. That's fine. But anyway, this will really cement (laughs) that I'm not a proper critic, because one of my negative points is... I don't care for movies that star children. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't care get what for you it. Mean. It's my no. personal preference. Like these kids are pretty good actors, but yeah, I legitimately fine. don't want to see anyone younger than twenty-two or twenty-three. <laughs> I'm out then. Yeah. Well, I'm you're off. not in movies, so you're good. That's true. Who? I'm not what? interested. How are you to say that? You don't know. I might be in movies. <laughs> you might be. All of them. Um, I'm like Stan Lee. I'm in all of them as a cameo. You're in every single every movie. Every movie. Every single fucking one. You're just I... in Better Watch Out, just like doing a peace sign in the background. Yeah. Uh, it turns out I was actually the plastic Santa um, in Better Watch Out Amazing. in Gremlins. I was... The lady gremlin who was doing poker? Yeah, sure. That was <laughs> yeah. me. I, listen, I just, I don't want to see kids in movies. I'm not interested in it. I am a a moron. So (laughs) when I watch a movie, I want to see someone 25 and up who is sexy as fuck doing sexy things. I don't want to like- Sexy horror shit. I want to see Michael Pitt killing some bitches. Yeah, I don't want to be- virtually babysitting a 10 year old that's no. boring to me that's what do you re- mean a 10 year old have in common there's a reason yeah. i'm not a babysitter there's a reason i don't associate with children i have nothing in common with them <laughs> they don't amuse me no thank you so i want to see people who are sexy and adult in movies so when a movie stars an annoying 12 year old with annoying 12 year old vibes uh, uh, no, it's not for me. It's not, it's for, not me. for me. It doesn't vibe with me. I'm not pulled into the movie. I'm just sort of like, oh god, I wish this child would go away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we've bullied I, it enough. Shall we? What's your favorite? Yeah. That's gory, gory time. Yeah. What's gory your favorite time. kill? I assume it's going to be the same as mine, probably. I mean, it's got to be the paint can kill. It does. It was a good kill. Straight it's up, very suspenseful. Very like, good. S- doing a swing and a miss initially. Yeah, um, literally, literally. No, and, I thought uh, it was very effective. Very stressful. You know what I mean? It's very stressful because you're not sure whether he's going to do it or not. Because by this point, he hasn't escalated things. No, he had pushed intensity. her down the stairs, but obviously, he she didn't die. So yeah. he, we don't so know you, that he's actually going to be able to kill anyone by that point. Yeah, and just the fact that he's setting, like, settling a debate that he had with Garrett earlier. About so home it's kind alone. Of a, yeah, it's a good callback, but yeah. also it is visceral nasty. and disgusting. Oh, it's so nasty. Like the yellow the, the, paint mixing with the, the blood. The thunk that that paint can makes into that man's head. Grim. Yeesh. Very grim. All right. 
let's move into our next segment. So it is Ask the Public time. In which I choose a handful of demented Amazon reviews and dramatically read them to Bella. So, let's get going. Word cannot describe how bad it was, but I'll try. Word. By Aiden. Just yeah, word. 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 word cannot describe. describe. I'm going to start using that. Word <laughs> cannot describe. Just watch this horror movie with my girlfriend. We both have strong opinions about it. For starters, we do not feel comfortable around 12-year-old boys anymore. I mean... This is not a horror movie at all. Instead, we were both cringing with disgust based on the fact he was so young. Both of us wanted to throw up throughout the entire movie and not in a good way. What? We were not scared throughout the entire whole movie. Instead, felt violated in our own home. My GF explained it by saying that the, she felt like the main character could see through her clothes the entire time. That's how, unco- how uncomfortable it was. Was literally the worst movie we watched. If I could give it zero stars, I would like to. I wow. would much rather have spent that one hour 30 minutes dying a slow painful (gasps) death even though they are kind of the same thing but you'll get what i mean if you decide to watch it i strongly recommend you don't oh my god look my guy made some fucking points (laughs) like fuck it up honestly it's harsh, but in our Jesus, we want to throw up and not in a good I way. I like, I like the concept of throwing up in a good way. I just love that he was like, I would rather have died a slow, painful death. That's bold, but I respect it. It's quite dramatic. I, mean, I kind of do respect this review because it is so opinionated that I'm like, all right. I mean, more look, power they're not, to they're you. They're not here to fuck about. They're like, this yeah. movie made us incredibly uncomfortable fine i hated it bad <laughs> bad time. Bad, bad movie bad time Whew. right all right hit me um, with another one. First few scenes are fun by straubing straubing yeah straubing straubing the way good horror is but then the three teens start cursing mostly the f-word and from there the film degenerates into a severely disturbed prepubescent boy no fun at all oh i just like how this is written the way good horror is yeah like what does that sentence and then the film degenerates into a boy in yay <laughs> it turns into it a turns boy it turns into a boy he he appears in your home and starts yeah. beating the shit out of that you would with be a quite a good horror movie if it could form a boy in my household that would try to kill yeah, me that's an immersive experience that's, that's the 5d experience yeah you have to fight him off in your own home yeah if you get violated in your own home by this 13 this 12 year old boy i also really uh, like that he like the main issue that he had was that like the f word the was prevalent i saw so many reviews, so many reviews on Amazon that their main issue with this movie was the F word. Like, there's and I so cannot, much more 
wrap my head around that the word fuck is more offensive to you than like a 12 year old trying to molest his babysitter and yeah then, like that's like, much more upsetting i don't know there's like a lot that's of really concerning. disturbing shit in this movie the f word is not one of them very strange people right, are weird right give me another one give me another I'm one i'm gonna hit you again it's all about the looser kid title should be <laughs> better watch something else by Pootle. <laughs> the looser kid yeah you can't spell loser like so it's looser yeah <laughs> It is all about the looser kid, all caps. <laughs> it's frustrating to see three grown-ups can't handle a 40 LB dumbhead kid. <laughs> dumbhead. Dumbhead. <laughs> Man, Paul, Put- wait, Putul, who wrote this, is incredible. He's right. Dumb- also, dumbhead. 40 pounds is such wait. a funny <laughs> estimate for someone's weight. I weigh, I'm like fairly thin, right? And I'm like 5'7. Yeah. I weigh 135 pounds to estimate that this boy, this boy weighs less than my like 40 pounds. (laughs) That's like one of my legs. (laughs) 40 pound dumb head. This 40 pound dumb head kid. 40 pounds. I can't stop thinking about that. Like, <laughs> you could just pick him up and chuck him. 40 oh pounds. God. That's like 40. my laptop. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> All right. I'm now moving on to um, five star reviews. Yeah, because so these previous ones were one star yeah. reviews. So I'm moving on to five star reviews. Didn't think I would like it, but I did by Buddy. Okay. Good movie for what it is. Wanted to see it in theater, but never did. Oh. Funny for a horror movie, but good. <laughs> huh? Huh? This is written by Buddy like, the Elf. <laughs> wanted to see it in theater, but never did. I don't know. Like, why, why did that? you have to add that in? <laughs> like, a, like a clause. I wanted to see it in the theater, <laughs> but I never did. Like, I don't need to know, Buddy. This guy's Thank you, definitely buddy. from New York. Also. I also like funny for a horror movie but good but like good. as if funny being like it as, would be as bad. if a horror movie Inevitably. is funny is a bad thing yeah i've got a great one coming up next okay okay great christmas classic by dusk move over santa claus 3 this movie is better <laughs> <laughs> than santa claus 3 what is santa claus 3 i I don't no. even think that's a real thing. I'm looking it up right now. I read that earlier and I was like, why is that your first comparison? I think he means, yeah, so the Santa Claus is in like spelt C-L-A-U-S-E, the one with Tim Allen in it. I thought so. Which, you know, is kind of a garbage movie. There is a third one. It came out in the on the 3rd oh. of November, 2006, and it gets a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, this is, uh, of course this movie is so, better. Of course this movie yeah, is this better This is a much a, better movie than the Santa Claus Allen, 3, The Escape Santa Claus. Claus, straight to DVD, Santa Claus Christmas movie sequel starring Tim Allen. Like, of course it's better. Of 
course it's better. That is not a review. That just means you have <laughs> not Christmas seen enough classic. Christmas movies. Come on, man. Watch The Muppets Christmas Carol. You know it's the best fucking one. Muppets Christmas Carol. I will fight people to the, the best death Christmas this. movie. It oh, is yeah. the best Christmas movie. It is in my top 10 movies of all time. Like, if my I own Christmas watch, movies. It's incredible. If I, if I don't watch Muppets Christmas Carol at Christmas time, it's not Christmas to me. Yeah. Like, it doesn't it's sink not, in. It's not Christmas I, to I, me. I have to have, like, a mince pie and a chai whilst watching Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, my God. Or else That's just, it. Or else Christmas will just pass me by as, like, a cool breeze. Okay, I should get back to this. Yeah, please. <clears throat> no cell phone recordings! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark by Karen. Thanks, Karen. I would not say this is a horror movie, more of a campy suspense. I didn't expect the kid to be the crazy one, so that was a nice surprise. It was good, kept me interested throughout. I thought the actors did a good job. I especially love that it was not another movie filmed like it was a personal recording from a cell phone. I hate those. If I wanted to watch someone's videos from their cell phone, I would watch YouTube. You know what, Karen? God, she's right. <laughs> I like that it starts out really normal, and then I'm just like, then I'm you like, lost oh, she's me, like Karen. a conspiracy theorist potentially. Gives me very much conspiracy yeah, yeah, theorist like, vibes. I'm an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Like halfway, like up to halfway through, I'm like, yeah, I agree with you, Karen. And then ha- mm. the latter half, I'm like. Karen, you've lost me. Karen, you, you lost, lost me. me. Karen, uh, what are you speaking talking her about? Truth, though is the thing. That most movies look like they're filmed on phones. What does she? Does she mean um found like footage? Found footage. Movies? I assume who's showing Karen all of these found footage movies? What is she's she traumatized? Talking about take her phone away from her. She's so scared. Yeah, she hates it. She, she hates her. it. She hates it. Right. Next one. Those are the last of my collection of reviews. The okay. next four are just um, titles that I thought were funny. Like, the reviews like weren't particularly titles. funny, but okay. they were just, yeah, the review titles. It's a good movie, and I hated it. <laughs> Which <laughs> oh, is me. I want to know what the review, like, the actual review was. I'm just it was intrigued. rubbish. It was nothing. Uh, like, it oh, wasn't even really relevant to the title, but... Caution. Filmmakers punk the audience, and it's not funny. God, incredible! I really like when people use the term "punked," like to yeah, punk me too. someone. <laughs> me too. Punked I love me. that. Have yourself a merry incel Christmas. Oh, wow, Joe! Who? You've outdone yourself on that Joe. one, Joe. All right, final one. More F-bombs than Goodfellas. By Anthony. Thank That's you. not true. It's That's not. not true. I feel like there was not very many F-bombs in this movie at all. I mean, maybe there was and I just didn't notice. But it, it's not nearly as sweary as like a Scorsese type movie no, at all. God, it's no. not like that. I can't imagine. I think, the, I think Ashley maybe said fuck maybe like five times five and just seemed cool. Luke maybe said it said also it like four times because he's like trying to be a badass. I really don't think it ranks up there. You know, the most swear words in a movie ever was uh, 
I believe Wolf of Wall Street. I think it is Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street is also long as fuck. So it, it is helps, nearly that helps it. It's either nearly three hours or it is it's three about, hours. I think it's about three hours. I don't think I ever yeah. finished it. I made it like two and a half hours in. I was like, oh, God. Oh, you need to watch it because it is fantastic. But um, yeah, they swear a lot on this movie, that movie. This movie didn't really make me flinch. I just kind of heard like, oh, I'm, you know, really fucking stressed out or whatever yeah, from Ashley. You know, it, wasn't, yeah. it was pretty it wasn't mild. It was issue. No, I don't think so. Anyway, that is all my uh, my reviews that I Beautiful. found. I, I struggled to find good reviews for this one because I was quite torn on this one anyway. So a lot of the one-star reviews and five-star view- reviews I quite agreed with. Yeah. So it was sort of hard to find things that I yeah, thought they weren't, were particularly... Like, yeah, truly. Because it was so divisive the, the anyway that, that, like, I'd probably agree The ones with that sides. I ended up finding were demented, but it did take me a lot of searching. Yeah. All right, okay. trivia. Trivia time. Hit me with some trivia. You go first. Okay. You know, Patrick Warburton's character, the dad, he um, actually, all of the decorations on the tree that his wife in the movie claims are gay actually belong to Patrick Warburton. And he was like, hey, can I bring all of my gay ornaments? And by gay, I don't mean that as insult. I mean, they're like of Patty Lapone. And he was like, can I bring them all onto set? And the director was like, you know what, Patrick, you go ahead. So that was like his idea. That's hilarious. <laughs> right. Hit me with another piece of trivia. Okay, so in the scene in the attic where the spiders are crawling all over Ashley's face, they were originally going to be CG. However, too expensive. It would have been like, I yeah. think, $40,000 to have some CG spiders Jesus on her. Jesus Insane. The way people in Hollywood spend money makes me fucking Wild. Sick. Absolutely insane. So they were going to be CG. Um, however, something went wrong with the production of a CG. And so, despite um, Olivia... Is it Olivia De Jong? Yeah. She yes. has terrible real-life arachnophobia. Like, she's very scared of spiders. But she said, I'm willing to put spiders on my face if it's going to save the production of this movie. $40,000. That's valid. And so she did it. And she actually had the spiders put on her face and everything. I, I could just tell they were sick. real spiders. They are heinous looking. Them's some real spiders. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure them's, them's are some big ass Aussie spiders. Which leads me to a I little piece so. of trivia I so. that I have. In the fact that this was filmed in Australia. And of the seven, you know, cast mm-hmm. members, only Patrick Warburton and Virginia Madsen, who play the parents, are actually from the US. Everybody else yep. is Australian. And Indeed the director are. went on to mention that the position of door handles in Australia has been like sort of a source of fascination for the overseas, you know, cast and crew. Like yeah. while filming the movie in Australia, he mentioned the door handle height and said that it was like so abnormally high his eyes were constantly drawn to them and <laughs> they were so high why are they a so source high of frustration and distraction they are nuts high like they're in like the top quarter of the door yeah or like at it's crazy i don't understand third. why you'd ever need to lift your arm up but like above your shoulder height to open yeah. a door that seems in insane. australia you you get them there's some that are like extremely high and they're like in the top quarter and then you get like a vast majority there in the top third yeah you actually have to you do have to actually raise your arm 
to lift the door. And like a lot of the doorknobs in Australia are like higher than my shoulder height and I'm five seven, so That's weird. Like that's why are really they so weird. Tall? There's no <laughs> there's no, no reason need. for that. But also I going back to there's no need. Why was this movie filmed in Australia and why was the five well, main cast know. Australian doing an American accent? Why not film purpose? it in America, cast five Americans? Or well, why I not don't... make it just Australian, like unapologetically? Well, yeah, either way. I get it. Lean in either way. I don't understand hiring five Australians as your main cast and getting them to uh, do American accents. What's the point? What's the point? Who knows? I don't, I do not get that. I will say I'm perplexed. I was just thinking about this. I'm perplexed that it's even a Christmas movie. I kind of forget that Christmas is even a part of it. It's not a very good, like, Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. Is it? There's, like, a tree with decorations on it yeah, in the background. That's it. And that's, like, literally the classic it. Santa. That's, that's all you get. That, that's your lot. It's not really a Christmas movie. Uh, do you want to hit me with some more trivia? Um, I don't really have all that much more trivia, to be honest. I got two little short ones. Okay. It was originally titled Safe Neighborhood, which fucking sucks ass. That's a shitty title. Shitty That's title. An awful title. It doesn't really track with anything at all. Safe Neighborhood. Like, literally, what are you talking about? It's not really a home invasion movie, so. <laughs> no, why would it matter? Why would you call it that? Safe Neighborhood is an awful, a bad, awful title. Bad title. You guys should be embarrassed for even considering that. Yeah, it's bad. Um. And then there's also a lot of references to Home Alone, which everyone obviously knows from the tagline, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Uh, paint can, spiders, all that which, sort of you thing. Know, yeah, 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 exactly. The carol, the Christmas carols, the spiders, the paint cans being thrown. <laughs> yada, yeah. yada. It's, uh, and that's basically all the trivia that we have. Yeah. There's not a lot of trivia for this movie. Not honestly. a huge amount. The, the way I found most of my trivia is that the director did a Reddit AMA, like Ask Me Anything, um, which is quite interesting. So search right. that up if you want more trivia. But like those are the most that's interesting cool. bits, I would have thought. Yeah. All right. Score, scores? Yeah, scores. Scores. Uh, put your critic hat on. Right. And what does your critic hat look like this week? My critic hat this week looks very festive but like in a strange jestery kind of manner so you know how jesters would have cool hats that have like like harley quinn's hat where it's like got two big sort of like pointy bits and they got a little bell on the end it's like that but it's green and red and it also has a white fur trim and so every time i do anything it just jingles about and it looks like i have big funny ears like i look like christmas harley quinn so that's what mine looks like I'm a bit cross because actually I feel like you've stolen my critic hat idea that I actually we notated down. We can have the same critic down. hat. Well, yeah, my idea was very much like the jester hat that is split into two colours and has two bits coming out of it with a bell at the end. That was oh. my exact idea. What so yours the is fuck? Ex- exactly. And mine was, oh. I wrote mine down as green and red as well. Oh, but- I didn't even write mine down. That seriously just popped into my head. Like I'm, there is, uh, there is oh. no joke that popped into my head you didn't That's, write it down on the notes no i didn't that write I have. it down i didn't write it down they're not in your note anyway so that's frightening but i'll let you have the the double bell hat okay right? what are you gonna have you right bella do you remember them them ice creams uh like there's sort of like ice lollies called twisters yeah 
I know. And it was kind of like a spirally thing with the cream and the strawberry and the grain all kind of yeah, going up there. I remember. They so still I'm make wearing them, I think. a very tall, like, elf hat <laughs> that has white, red, and green going up it in a very tall spiral oh. with, like, a little white pom pom at the top, and it's very tall and pointy. Very tall and pointy. Very fancy. Very elf like for you. I'm enjoying yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very spirally. It's very tall. It's, it's like, hard as anything so it doesn't bend at all it is okay it's just like, like a paper a very like a fucking cardboard triangle yes. very good <laughs> i like that we're very festive with our hats yeah. this episode all right so what is your how good is it out of 10 this movie I, i'm gonna give it like a seven okay just seven critically <sighs> i i think i'm being hateful that's okay you can be hateful that's your prerogative I- i gave it a five out of ten okay that's fair that's all right that between the two of us that means it gets about a six sixty percent yeah i think that's reasonable that's fine okay so personal preference how much did you actually like it see like although i know that there is stuff probably wrong with it in fact maybe i'll change my critically good score to a six and my personal okay. preference, because I actually did enjoy watching it. It kept my attention. I thought it was fun. I thought the kills were impressive, etc., etc. I'm going to give how much I like it a seven. So it's a six and a seven. Okay. All right. Um, I initially gave personal preference a five, but I think I'm upping it to a six. Okay. That's fair. I think that there is, like, that when that twist hits, it is really good. It's amazing. You know, I probably twist. would watch it again at Christmas I time. I, yeah, there's, there's things that I appreciate about it. So I'm giving it a five and then a six. Yeah. Fear Factor, what are you scared of this week? What am I scared of this week? Men teenage boys oh my god i wrote men as well to be fair lily i could see your notes that time but i just agreed with you so that's lily's idea men i'm scared men, of men. teenage boys i am afraid yeah, of them. yeah very Generally, frightened speaking. very frightened of men so uh on a scale of five scary men what does this movie get? I am going to say a two because the concept of men is scary enough and the concept of a teenage boy being like violent enough like this is scarier than a one, but it's not scary enough for me to be like haunted by it. So it's a two. Yeah, this movie isn't going to affect me into my, you know, day-to-day life. It's no. just kind of gross. So I gave it a two as well. Um, yep. So my score out of 25 is a 13. What is yours? 15. So that's a 28. Sweet. Okay, so we rate each movie out of 50. So 0 to 19, it gets fed to the monster downstairs. He's very hungry. We haven't fed him anything yet. We need to think. something horrible Really garbage. Soon. Yeah. 20 to 29 is placed on a dusty shelf for customers to peruse, but it's like nothing groundbreaking. 30 to 39 is put on display in the front window to entice the customers. And 40 to 50 is handed over to the landlord as rent so that we can continue to have our shop here. Yeah, he so, loves perfect horror yeah, movies. Per- if we give him anything give him less anything, than yeah, perfect, perfect, he will come and haunt us in the main room. and we Absolutely. Uh, sick of him essentially uh mm-hmm. and his spindly little body and his long nails and we just don't really want any part of that so no so 
We give just them the peacefully good shit. hand it over to him. So this got a 28, so it's placed yep. on dusty shelf, which I think is yep. appropriate. It feels yeah, I think, it's fine. I think that feels right. I'm not you crazy clear up a about space? it, but it was fun. Yeah, well, put it next to a chopping mall. Yeah, that's fine. Something that I would recommend to other people, but uh, yeah, not a favorite. It's yeah. All right, blow off a place on the shelf then. <laughs> there we go. Lots of dust. Dusty. So much dust. It really heinous. is. I need to get a fucking duster for it. Okay. Yeah. It's there. Got there the go. Hoover. Looks nice there. I think. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's fine, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's fine. All right. It's all right. It's fine. Um, did the Christmas decorations just disappear? Ah, uh, I guess the season's officially over. Oh, that's a shame. What a way to go. Well, don't look too sad, because next time we see you, it will be the new year. Thank God. 2021, be good to us. Better start thinking up some resolutions. My resolutions are a toss-up between being the most pierced woman in the world mm. or the woman with the fattest ass. <laughs> um, mine is getting my feet removed. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Yeah. So, catch us next time creeping around the Gorporium. Bring some sparklers. See you soon. I just want to thank you for listening and thank our editor and night manager, Rebecca Gray, our executive producer and head in a jar, Brendan Hill, and our dad, Tyler Massey, for our theme song. You can find his weekly music podcast at WMSCP, which stands for West Malvern Social Club Podcast. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts and you like what you hear, please give us a star rating or a review. It is always very appreciated to have positive feedback. And if you want to follow us on social media, we are at Gorporium on Twitter. And we will see you next time at the Gorporium. Thank you and goodbye.